Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 142. Before we get into our really fun and insightful interview, we wanted to mention our Facebook group. So we're having so much fun over at Detour to Neverland podcast community. It is such a great way for us to get to know you guys better, for you guys to get to know us better. But also, if you encounter any sort of problem or question as you're working through your projects, it is a wonderful place to bounce ideas off of other people, see how other people approach these things or how they have gone down these paths that you are now going down. So it has been so helpful for us if we have tried to figure everything out. There's always so many different things that you can work on, but it's so great to get advice, gather feedback, or just hear others' opinions. So we would love it if you guys could join us over there. The link is in our show notes or just search on Facebook for Detour to Neverland podcast community. You know what that makes me think of, and I just have to mention it because I've been obsessed with it lately, the Facebook commercial. If you haven't watched the commercial, maybe you can just YouTube it if you don't watch TV or if you live under a rock, but Facebook has the best commercial right now about communities, and it's about a basset hound community, and it makes my heart melt every time we watch it. So I know that's semi-random, but I think it applies to what you just talked about. But it's just finding like-minded people. And that's what a community is all about, even with Basset Hounds. It's funny because we're in a quirky group, too. We are in a quirky group. But, I mean, in all seriousness, the Facebook group is probably the thing that I'm most proud of. It's very small, but it's very intimate. And just the knowledge sharing going back and forth, especially when other people ask questions instead of us prompting, brings the biggest smile to my face. Yeah, it's just really exciting to see all the other different projects and make those connections with other people and ultimately learn from one another. So I completely agree. But today... Our interview is with Colleen, and Colleen is the WDW Park Planners creator. So we're really excited to talk to her and learn about how her project is different than other projects that might sound similar but aren't. So that'll make more sense as Colleen starts talking, but we're going to go ahead and turn it over to her, and she's going to introduce herself and give us one fun fact. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I've been following along in your guys' journey too, so it's you know fun to be a part of it now. Um, but one thing that people might not know, and they may or may not, um, I don't post a, a ton of like my full family, but um, so I'm the oldest of four girls and my three younger sisters, we have a pretty big age gap. So um, I get questions sometimes about that. And um, my youngest two sisters are actually adopted internationally. So um, that's why we have the big age gap in our family and why we don't all look alike also. <laughs> um, so my next sister is biological. She's four years younger, but then our next sister is a freshman in college and she's 11 years younger than me. Um, she's adopted from Russia. And then our youngest sister, who is a senior in high school, is actually adopted from China. So we have 12 years between us. So um, we definitely had a different like Disney family trip experience growing up. Like when I was in high school, we were traveling with toddlers. So um, which made it was awesome. And we, we loved it. And 
it's been fun to like see how we have evolved over the years and how we've all kind of grown up with Disney and grown together and you know we all have a love for it so um yeah that's a little bit about my sisters and my family and we're all super close so I always like sharing that little tidbit with people yeah that is awesome Yeah, and you kind of started to lead into it, but to kind of kick things off, we do want to hear more about your Disney story and how it's grown over time. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we were the family that kind of grew up going every summer, um, but it probably didn't start really regularly until I was, I would say like seventh or eighth grade um, was when we started doing our August trip. So it was before like everybody went back to school. Um, we'd go that first week of August when it's super hot and humid. Yes, I know people think we're crazy for going that time of year. Um, but, you know, we got used to it. We love it. You know, if you plan right, um, it's, you know, it's not that bad um, and you make it work. So, um, but yeah, so we grew up, you know, going almost every summer. We've gone other times of year as well. So we had some other like New Year's trips mixed in or my sister's choirs um, would perform in April. So, you know, we had other trips sprinkled in throughout, but we were pretty consistently going every August. Um, and I feel like when I was probably 14 ish, I want to say I started doing all the planning for the trips. Um, this is when there were still paper fast passes back in the day. Um, but I would kind of start to map out our week and like which parks we were going to go to, which days, you know, what reservations we wanted to get. And I was 14. So apparently I just really loved it then already. And um, so I've kind of carried that with me. And I've always been our family trip planner for Disney trips, other vacations, whatever it is. Um, so that was really, you know, growing up, going every year is where you start to kind of fall in love with Disney. And there's new things every time you go, which is the awesome part about Disney. Um, so it's never like we're doing the same things every time because I feel like people, non-Disney people don't get why we go every year and they're like, well, why wouldn't you go somewhere else? And, but there's so much to do there. So we love it. Um, so that was kind of how the Disney thing happened for me. That's awesome. So I'm curious, I have the honor of being our family trip planner as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've always been that person. Yeah. I have sprinkles of like my sister-in-law kind of wants to steal it away from me. Have you had any Uh-oh. other family members challenge you for that position? <laughs> you know, not quite yet. I will say my mom and I kind of like tag team things because she loves to do a little bit of the planning, but I'm the one who does the dining reservation and actually like gets up early to do our fast passes. But so she has input, but um, it's it's a team effort, I would say, from that end. But then I'm the the executor, and then I make, you know, we used to make, like, printable books. This was, like, 15 years ago, which is kind of crazy. We would, like, print out books. We'd have them bound and, like, laminated and all this stuff. So, like, we were doing that, and it's funny now, like, that's what I give my clients. I give them a final nice printed big book itinerary. Um, so it, you know, started a long time ago and has just carried into my business, but no real competition yet. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, well, now that you have a business centered around that, maybe that adds a level of legitimacy (laughs) that maybe I don't have quite yet. So (laughs) I think that's a great launching point to talk about WDW Park Planners, kind of what's the origin of it? What were the early discussions that turned it from an idea into reality? And kind of what has been that Uh, process look like now it's been a year so since we're recording this I think your one year birthday was yesterday right it was it was yeah which is unbelievable and um just really excited about that to hit that one year mark where you just like feel confident and um I'm excited for year two so um but to back up to a year ago um 
it really started after we went in August with my family. I was down there for like nine days, which is a very long time. And I was like, that's almost a little too long, but it was great. Um, so we had a nice long trip down there. Um, and it was after that where I was kind of like, okay, I really need to like do something Disney related. And, you know, I've thought over the years, it's always kind of been in my head. I wanted to do some sort of like Disney business, whether it was just a blog or, you know, writing and giving people like tips on, you know, going to the parks and, you know, how to get the most out of their time. So all of those ideas have been in my head, I feel like for a really long time. Um, but it was funny on that trip was when I really started to notice the families and groups that like didn't know their way around the parks or, um, you know, we're waiting in the two or three hour lines for flight of passage or whatever it was, seven doors, mine train, like just crazy long lines. And you like see them and you're like, why would you do that? Like, you don't have to wait that long. Like it doesn't have to be that way. Um, and I get why people don't like Disney because they think of the crowds and the long lines and it's like, well, if you do it the right way, like, you know, that's, that's not really how Disney is. Um, so I feel like I just noticed that a lot more for some reason on that trip. And I was kind of like, that's something I can help people with, um, how to kind of get the most out of their day. So I just remember talking with my husband and, you know, we we're just kind of like brainstorming. And I was like, how can I merge that together? And I've always wanted to start my own business. Um, I majored, I have a business degree and majored in marketing and I work full time in marketing actually as well. So, um, a lot of experience there, but knew I wanted to, you know, start my own business on the side. Um, so I was like, okay, I can make all of this happen, I think. Um, so that was just kind of how the the service that I offer was created was just, you know, really after that trip, but it was just, it's been a few years in the works, I think, in my brain and um, just, you know, starting to have those conversations with my husband who is also very like business oriented. So it's good to get his feedback. And he's kind of a, he was a Disney outsider. Now he's been quite a few times with us. So now he gets it, but um, just to pick his brain a little bit too, has been really helpful. So um, it was like a few weeks after that trip um, that I was like, okay, I'm going to do this and started, you know, learning how to build my own website and, you know, wanted to start with that and see where I went from there. So yeah. Well, I think that's really important that, you know, you kind of went and you knew you wanted to do something, but you waited to kind of see like the problems that were out there. Because I feel like that's how all of the best things get started. Because you don't want to do, you know, what everyone else is doing. We always talk about niching down. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's definitely what you did by trying to focus on those families who do Disney the wrong way, I guess, <laughs> to help yeah. them. Exactly. And they don't know any better, to be honest, a lot of the time. So, um, you know, trying to educate people, which is, you know, what I do through my blog a little bit as well. Yeah, like I've mentioned it quite a few times on the podcast, so our longtime listeners will probably be annoyed. But like my parents had this big family that we are family friends with. They all went down and my parents were talking to um, them after that got back. They made zero fast pass reservations. They made zero advanced dining reservations. They went during Flower and Garden. They didn't go to a single Flower and Garden booth. like. Oh. And, of course, they came back and said it was miserable. The lines mm -hmm. were ridiculous. They couldn't eat anywhere. They were like a party of 11. <laughs> so, like, of course, nobody could accommodate them. Yeah. And it was just such a shame that they spent that much money and that much effort and left so much potential on the table, you know, for magic and wonderful memories that they could have formed because they right. just didn't do that work 
on the front end. So I think it's yeah. wonderful that you're helping out in that process of of helping convert people to, you know, more seasoned veterans going through it. Yeah, and that's exactly it. It's like people, especially who have, haven't been in 10 years or have never been before, they don't realize how far in advance you have to do all the work um, before you even get to Disney. And really the only way you're going to get the most out of your trip and out of all the money, like you said, like all the money you're spending to be there, um, you have to put in that work. And um, not everybody loves to do it like I do. So um, that was the other thing. It's like I enjoy doing it. I, I think I'm pretty good at it. Um, you know, I've learned the ins and outs and, you know, keeping up with, you know, Disney's technology changes and things like that, you know, is something obviously that I'm on top of. And, um, and if you're not a regular, you know, you may not know those things and you may not be aware of the changes that Disney's implemented. So, um, having someone like me to, you know, make that trip outline and make those dining reservations, fast pass selections. Um, and the other thing is a lot of people don't want to get up at 6am to make fast pass reservations. So, um, I get to do that for them. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. And um, a little bit about my client base, it's a lot of like young families and young moms who don't have the time or energy um, to do all that work, which I don't blame them. Um, and then a lot of like bigger groups as well. So it's nice um, when it's extended families traveling together. I'm kind of that point person then. Um, so you know, I'm that go-to for them and uh, kind of keep everybody in line and help keep them organized. And um, again, it's just good to have like a point person to help with all that stuff because it is, it's so much work and so much coordinating. For sure. Yeah. So you've kind of mentioned it a little bit, but I want to make it crystal clear for our yes. listeners, kind of what are the specific services that you offer to Disney World visitors? Yeah. So I refer to it as a park planning service. Um, so I'm basically your concierge person, your trip consultant for every step of the way. So I'm not a travel agent. I don't do that upfront booking, but I basically pick up from there. And then, um, like I said before, it's making that trip outline. So figuring out which parks you're going to go to on which days, you know, uh, making sure you have the right tickets associated to your account. Um, you know, if it's a big group, you want to make sure everybody's linked correctly. Um, you want to make sure if you're going to multiple parks in one day that you have a park hopper, little things like that, that um, the non-Disney person might not know, you know, right off the bat. Um, so then again, once that trip outline is kind of set in stone, um, we'll move ahead, make those dining reservations because you have to know which parks you're going to. So I can know where to make your reservations. Um, and then at that 60 or 30 day window, I go on and make all the fast pass selections. So um, it's, you know, three per day of your trip that you're going into the parks. Um, and then based on that, I make a super detailed itinerary for every day of your trip. And it gets as detailed as going line by line and telling you the order that you should follow to get the most out of your time in the park. So you're not stuck waiting in those two hour lines for a Seven Dwarfs Mine train. Um, and you're really optimizing your time and hopefully, you know, getting the most out of your experience. And I think having a plan to fall back on, especially when, you know, you have young kids or there's a lot of people in your group and trying to get people from one ride to the next can be difficult if you don't know where you're going and you don't have a plan in place. So, um, you know, my goal is to just help people get the most out of their Disney experience. And, um, you know, I think I've done a pretty good job so far with my clients. They've all been really happy. So, um, so that's been great. And I, I love doing it and I love working with all the clients that I've had this last year. It's, it's really been wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's awesome that you mentioned 
the word concierge because that's what I wrote in my notes is that that seems like the level of service that you're offering. And then as you were talking through that, what I thought was you were cutting down on visits to guest services, which I know (laughs) Catherine's sister who works in guest services definitely appreciates. And anybody who's ever had to wait in a guest services line definitely appreciate. Not happy people. That is not the most magical part of Walt Disney World. So the way, you know, the the work that you can do up front to catch those things, like, hey, are you all linked? You know, does somebody have control over everybody Mm -hmm. in order to book the fast passes? Things like that, where you can avoid waiting in that guest experience team or the guest services line, I think is so important. And there's so much value to be had there that the average person may not realize. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. And I was even thinking something that popped into my head is you were mentioning like creating the itinerary. Has that changed a lot now that they offer like the extra, extra morning magic hours? Like, have you had to plan any trips with that yet? Um, no. Well, yes. Yes, I have. I have people coming up, but we're not quite at that point of including that. Um, and I'll be honest, like, so the extra, extra magic hours are at Hollywood Studios. I think they're just calling it actually extra magic hours. Now it's just six to nine. They took off that extra, extra <laughs> just to make it really confusing. Um, so I have some clients that are going um, October, November, December. Um, and so we're in the midst of working on their itineraries. I'll be curious to see which of them. None of them are like huge Star Wars people. Um so they're not going to be running to Galaxy's Edge, and that's not what they're, like, dying to do. Um, and some of them are bigger groups and with young kids. So I imagine they're probably not going to take advantage of the 6 a.m. wake up, which my family will be doing in October, and I'm super excited about. Um, but I know that doesn't work for everybody in their family situation. So that's something I'll talk through with them to figure out, like, is that realistic for you guys to get to the parks at 6 a.m. or even before that? Um I have a hunch that the answer will be no, Um, but that's okay. You know, if they get there at eight, you know, that's what I'll work in then like, okay, the line should still be pretty short for like slinky dog. So go hit that one. Um, And then I know obviously what their fast passes are. So I work in all the other rides that they don't have fast passes for, um, you know, into that itinerary. And um, one other thing I include is custom maps that correspond with their itinerary. So um, they have a physical map there as well. Um, which obviously you can get them when you get to the parks, but this one has like little Mickey ears to indicate like, here's, you know, the corresponding numbers to each line of your itinerary. So trying to really make it as easy as possible um, for them when they're actually in the parks. We could have used that in Disneyland. We took the wrong route so many times (laughs) because we refused to pick up a map. Yeah. Well, we just (laughs) figured that it would be so similar. You know, we're Disney pros, you know, we'll feel silly with a map. And then we would literally get lost and we're like, it's so small here. How are we getting lost? But we would. It's Frontierland. And I know that you and your husband just went to Disneyland as well. We did. We we were so confused. He was the map person. Like, I was like, just tell me where to go. Like, I can't (laughs) stress about this. It's Frontierland that threw me off. Like being right in the center. So weird. Not a fan. Like (laughs) it needs to be tucked back in the back left corner. Yep. Like I'm used to. Um, So that's what I'm blaming it on. But, um, so you mentioned creating this itineraries, and I think that mm-hmm. that is wonderful service that you offer. I'm curious about what your advice is to your clients about, hey, maybe you couldn't get the kid out of bed in time in the morning, or hey, Slinky yeah. Dog went down. How do you 
advise your clients to, you know, take those things in stride and continue going forward when things go Mm -hmm. haywire? Yeah. And obviously, um, being adaptable is very important when you're in the parks. Um, like when my husband and I went in June, you know, we got there for a rope drop and he's never ridden Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And we've gone like five times in the last few years of like, he still has not ridden it. And so we're like, okay, this is it. Like we didn't have a fast pass. So we're like, we're just going to go ride it right away. Um, we get to rope drop, like they're literally holding the rope. And then all of a sudden the cast member's like, oh, and by the way, um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is closed today. And we were like, wait, what? He was so bummed, but it's, you know, that stuff happens all the time and you just kind of have to roll with it. Um, so, you know, us knowing what the other busy rides are, he had also never ridden Peter Pan's Fly. That's one my family tends to skip, um, but it's very popular, especially if you have little kids, which we don't, and he still really wanted to go. So we're like, okay, we'll go hit that. So I think having that knowledge, and that's what I tried to kind of prep my clients with of like, okay, these are the busier rides. Um, You know, if you're getting there a little bit later in the itinerary, like I would still have them pick up whatever time, you know, they're getting into the parks and just, you know, continue on with their day. Um, I do have clients text me when they're there, uh, which I'm available and I love being able to help. So if they like text me questions and stuff, you know, I'll kind of make my recommendations and it's nice. Like I can just look on the Disney app and see what wait times are if they're trying to like work something in that they missed before. Um, but I also teach them, you know, how to use the app. So how they can check the wait times themselves or how they can, you know, change fast passes if they need to. I have, um, you know, steps to do all of those things for them. But I also, I do a prep call with them before their trip. So we kind of walk through all that and make sure they have the app downloaded and they're comfortable with it. Um, so just kind of arming them with those resources and things. Um, so when they are there and things go wrong or they need to change things and make adjustments, like they're prepped to do that. But they always have me as a resource to go to. So I'm happy to do it for them, which I've done plenty of times. So, um, you know, either way is great with me. <laughs> I'm now realizing, Catherine, we would be Colleen's worst nightmare for clients. Because we'd be like, hey, we slept till 11 on accident. <laughs> yeah, we, we slept in for the third day in a row. <laughs> Can you fix this for us? Yeah. So oh, funny. <laughs> Well, you'd have to, it's, you'd have to like call the front desk and get them to do the wake up calls yeah. for us because we're too stubborn to do it ourselves. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> not warning people. No, no, no we try to be, no. but we're not. So, it's hard for sure. <laughs> so, one of the other things that I wanted to chat about is that you put a lot of emphasis and time into your blog and also into your newsletter. So kind of what is your approach to that? Why do you think it's important to share content in addition to offering your services? Yeah, I mean, the blog, you know, the hope there is to um, start to educate people a little bit, um, but also, you know, keep them up to date on what's new at Disney. So I have a lot of people that, you know, follow along on my stuff that are Disney experts and just like to see, um, you know, what's going on at the parks. And um, so, you know, I try to approach it in the sense that like, I know those people are coming to my blog and, you know, receiving my newsletter. So it's finding a balance between the two. But then I also try to, um, a big section of my blog is like park planning tips. So whether it's like you're bringing a baby to the parks, you know, things you should have for that. You know, if you are going at rope drop, you know, here's kind of a strategy for each of the different parks. So things to start to like get them thinking about it. Um, 
And, you know, again, for those people who don't need my planning services and they just like to follow along, it's, you know, that balance between those two groups. So, um, and then the newsletter, same thing. I'm just kind of featuring, um, you know, the latest content that's out there. And um, it's my like personal connection, I feel like with my audience too, where I'm able to write um, a little bit more about like what's going on in my life, you know, what's going on with the Disney business you know, telling them about our latest trip, sharing some like special pictures from the trip that I may not have posted. Um, so I almost feel like that's, you know, just a different type of connection and way of reaching out where they feel like they're getting to know me a little bit more differently than, you know, what they see on Instagram or Facebook too. So, um, so I love, I love working on the newsletter and, um, you know, I put a lot of time into that too. So that's really special to me. And it's, it's those little notes that I include that I put a lot of time and thought into, especially. So, um, you know, that's my like personal connection with, with my followers there. Yeah. Yeah. I love getting the newsletter in my inbox. It has been so enjoyable <laughs> to read. I especially liked reading all your Disneyland content because oh, it was very you. applicable to our situation of being Walt Disney World people and then going to Disneyland for the first time as adults. Next thing I think is so a new thing that we're trying to incorporate into these interviews are like takeaways for our listeners mm -hmm. to work on with their projects. So the first yeah. thing I'll ask you is if you had to just pick one resource or a go-to thing, whether it's a website, a podcast, a book, a blog, whatever it might be, what has helped you the most in growing WDW Park Planners? Um, gosh, is this too generic of an answer, but Google? <laughs> <laughs> like I go to Google for everything um, in my day job in Disney um, because a lot of this has been just like teaching myself, like I said before, you know, how to build a website. Like I taught myself how to do that. Um, you know, even things like I just did a giveaway for the one year birthday. Um, I Googled, you know, best way to like, do a giveaway and like all the ins and outs of that. So I feel like I'm constantly going to Google just to teach myself those types of things. But, um, I am a big podcast person. Um, and it's, I think, important for me to find a balance between like Disney podcasts and like outside business podcasts. Um, so one podcast I've been listening to is called Bean Boss. Um, and I really have enjoyed that one. And it's, you know, for it's two, two women that run it. They've owned each, you know, multiple businesses over the years. Um, so I've found that to be really helpful. And that's kind of a recent find for me. So I'm still, you know, getting through their episodes, but, um, it's very strategy driven, very marketing driven, very brand driven. Um, and one I just listened to that I loved was about like honing your craft and making sure you're really good at what you're doing. Um, because if you're not good at that, then like, why are you spending all the time doing marketing and getting the word out there? Um, so it's, you know, episodes like that where it's like those really hit home with me and that's the stuff I enjoy listening to and I think makes me better at running a business. But then I love all the Disney podcasts. I mean, I would say that's how I found you guys and it's good to stay one for you guys. Like I love hearing what other Disney businesses are doing and what's out there. And um, I think this Disney community is massive. And I think coming in a year ago, I didn't know what I was getting into. And there's like so much to learn about this space and like, you know, what other people are doing out there. So um, it's been fun to hear about all the businesses from you guys. But then there's like the Disney News um, podcast. So there's just there's so many different ones um, that I listen to that I just use to like stay up to date on what's going on in the parks or, you know, Disney history. Like I love Imagineer podcast. Um, so it's like you're always learning. And um, so I'd say podcasts are kind of my go to. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that you said Google because it is that you are taking responsibility for your self-learning and your own development in that process, that you're not you know, outsourcing everything or posting it on a Facebook group. How do I do this? Um, you know, that you're, you're actively trying to improve your skill set, And I think that's a good takeaway for our listeners to do. And then we'll also give a link to that being boss podcast in our show notes for anybody who wants to check that out. Yeah, it's great. The women that run it are awesome and just really entertaining, but like, it's all very practical and useful and actionable items, you know, that you kind of leave after listening to an episode. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of go with, um, you know, learning different things. We learn best from failing, which is very unfortunate. <laughs> but within this first year, since you're kind of, you know, on the same timeline that we are, we yeah. have learned a lot from our failures. So what's a failure that you've had and what did you learn from it? Um, I don't have one in particular, but it's a, a lot of failures. And I feel like failures may be a strong word, but it's you know, I have a lot of calls with like prospects and people who reach out to me asking about, you know, my service and um, I get a lot of no's. And that was like really hard the first few times. And I kind of had to come to terms with like, okay, that's part of running a business. It's okay. Like that's going to happen. Um, but how can I get better? Um, so, you know, listening to that podcast has helped me. Um, you know, there's different books out there. Um, my husband just gave me one. It's about like negotiating. Um so I'm, I'm curious to start reading that and see, but you know, he runs businesses as well. So he said it's been really helpful for him. Um, so again, like they're not failures and I've had to like be okay with that, but it's hard when you get no's and it's like, I, I have a really hard time, especially when I feel like I've connected with that person. And it's like, well, I would actually like genuinely love to plan their trip and like, they don't want me to like, Oh, it's sad. Like <laughs> it could have been really great together. And, um, but that's okay. Um, so it happens, you know, a lot. And that's just, again, part of running a business, but I, you know, try to adjust, you know, how I talk to people now and like, I'm getting better at like explaining my service and like what the value is in it and, you know, why they should, um, consider using it. Um, I always want to come across as like very genuine and not salesy. Um, so I think that's like a fine balance too, especially as I like listen to these podcasts and read these books and articles and things. Um, I never want to come across as salesy and um, being genuine is so important to me. So I want, you know, to find that good balance of like, I want you to use my service, but also, you know, I want you to get to know me and feel comfortable. And um, so it's something I'm still working on, but it's been, it's been a process. So hopefully getting better at it, but, um, yeah, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. I like that answer. And failures probably is a strong word for that, <laughs> circumstance, but I do think it's so important that you take those non wins, I guess we can call them, yeah, you know, I like the, <laughs> the non yeses and you can say, Hey, maybe I should have said this differently, or maybe I can have this different tone or this different approach. Mm-hmm. I think is really important for anybody to continue, you know, developing those skills. So last mm-hmm. one, we'll end on a high note before we go into our fast, best round. What has been your biggest win up to this point? Easy answer, but I'm going to say hitting my one year mark yesterday was pretty awesome. Um, as you guys know, it's just, 
it's such a great feeling. And I feel like I'm a legit business now. Like I have a year under my belt. And, um, you know, as I continue to try to build partnerships and different relationships and, you know, continue to grow the business, it's like, okay, I have a year under my belt. I'm not brand new at this trying to like, you know, sell my business ideas and, um, you know, build those partnerships without having the legitimacy. Um, so being a year old is a really nice feeling. And, um, it's been a lot of hard work, but I'm really proud of like where I am. And, you know, when there's days that I'm really frustrated and I feel like things aren't moving ahead, it's like, okay, take a step back. And I try to look at how far I've come in this short amount of time. And so it's always good to be reminded of that. And so it's like, okay, it's even more exciting to look ahead to year two and think of like where I'll be then. So, yeah, well, we are so excited to see how it develops in year two. We know that you are going to accomplish wonderful things. And so we are excited to be witnesses to that. So well, we, thank you guys. <laughs> yeah. So we thank you for the first portion of the episode, learning more about your business. I think it has been so helpful for our listeners. And I know there's been so many takeaways of things that they can apply to their projects. We will take a quick break and hear a message from our partners, and then we'll be back for the fast pass round. Each week, Brendan and I spend Sundays working on Pinterest and Instagram for the week. And Tailwind has been an essential tool in helping us do that. It allows us to pick our pictures, make our captions, find relative hashtags, and we can put it all together and even schedule the best time of day. So if you're interested in saving time throughout the week and planning things out ahead of time, we would highly suggest Tailwind for a free, no credit card needed trial. Go to detour to Neverland forward slash Tailwind to check it out. Good deal. So we are back and we're going to throw out these Disney topics. I'm interested to know if any Disneyland, you know, things make it into these now that you have both under your belt. So we'll just throw these out. If you can just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. So the first one is just name the Disney parks that you visited. Um, obviously Disney World's a lot of times. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm up to on my count there, but it's a lot. Um, and then Disneyland twice. So once was when I was young and then the second time was just a few weeks ago, uh, first time as an adult. So um, just those two for now. So of the individual parks, which one is your favorite and why? Um, I'm going to go with Epcot, but I will say Animal Kingdom is creeping closer and closer. Every time I go to visit, I'm like, oh, it's almost my favorite park. But Epcot, I love World Showcase and I know everybody does, but it's just it's it's pretty uh, unbelievable. Um, my husband and I did the Destinations Discovered Tour. So you get to go backstage in some of the countries and you just really get an in-depth look at what goes into, um, you know, creating and running um, all of the countries in World Showcase. And that was, um, I mean, I loved it already there, but I have a new appreciation for it now after seeing that. So I would say Epcot because of World Showcase. And so if you're normally going in August, that's normally not festival season, right? Man. No. So I know I, uh, we were not like festival goers really. So, um, we had been to flower and garden, um, just because my sisters would have like choir concerts down here. So I've been like twice or three times now for that, but, um, it'll be our first time for food and wine festival this fall. So we are super pumped about that. Ooh. We are too, really. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a good one. So thinking towards future 
Disney trips, what would be your Disney bucket list trip? So normally I would have said Alani, um, but we're actually going there this year also um, the week after Christmas, which I am like beyond excited for. So that's been like my dream forever. Um, so we're going with my family for a week. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. I've just heard such good things, but um, I would say a Disney cruise. My husband has never been on one. I haven't been on one in like 10 plus years. So um, a cruise would definitely be on our list maybe for next year. So we'll see. Both of those are very exciting. Alani is one of our favorite places on the planet. So I'm sure you and your family will love it. Yeah, we talk about going back all the time. It probably comes up at least once a week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> so next would be your favorite Disney resort. And it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. Um, for sentimental reasons, I'm going with Beach Club. Um, that was where we always stayed, I would say, you know, 90% of the time when we went in August. Um a few reasons I love Beach Club. The first would be like the location. I love being able to walk to Epcot. Um it's just, it's so easy and like just the Epcot Resort area is awesome and one of my favorite spots in Disney. So, um, and then my sisters used to love the pools. Like we would, we usually structure our days where we go to the parks in the morning, we do pool or naps in the afternoon and then go back to the parks at night. And so we spent a lot of time at that pool growing up. So um, it's just a special place. And then I love the lobby too. And it has the best smell to it. I have like the candle that smells like it. I've been through like five or six of them, I think, already. It's the best. So um, Beach Club is my favorite. I think that's the most jealous I've ever been in Walt Disney World. We had never really explored beach or yacht until our last trip, mm -hmm. and we didn't realize how cool that pool was, and I was so <laughs> jealous that we didn't get to experience it. I know. Like, where was that in our childhood? <laughs> that's really cool. So the next one, kind of moving towards fast passes. So I'm interested to see what you think with your planning background. Yeah. But if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, this keeps coming to mind. I'm going to go with Soren, and I can't decide if I want new Soren or old Soren. Um, because at Disneyland, they had Soarin' Over California. They brought it back for like a short amount of time. So we got to ride it again. And I was just, I was so happy. I, I used to love that one. But I do love the, the Soarin' Around the World. So um, I don't know. I'm going to go with Soarin' Over California. If, if they were to ever bring that back permanently. If I can think about like any one moment of like my childhood in Epcot, it is the golf ball coming at yes. you seeing <laughs> over sort over california yes oh I, my gosh i was watching a video of it recently and i was like yes this is iconic like <laughs> i miss that part so much and the oranges when you're flying over like the orange grows i'm like the smells are just the best there too and so it's not quite the same as soaring around the world which i love it's you know that one's still really good too but not not the same <laughs> i like that answer because at least in Epcot, I, I don't remember the one in DCA very well, but the standby queue in Epcot, I think it has to be one of the, the worst. worst queues of all time. I don't know <laughs> why. It's just like, I think it's because it's so wide, so you don't feel like you're gaining much ground. Just don't enjoy it at all. It is. I would agree. Until you get up to like the pre-ride video, it's pretty brutal. <laughs> yep. 
So next one, sticking with rides and attractions, which one do you think is due for an exit or refurbishment from the parks? Okay, so here's my Disneyland answer, uh, or it's based on Disneyland, I should say. Um, I'm going to go with Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. I think it's due for a refurbishment because after writing the Disneyland version, I was like, this is so much cooler. Like, so when you hit the targets, you know, it like lights up so you know that you've hit it. Um, and then like the shooters aren't attached to the vehicle itself, which was a really nice change. So you're not like fighting with the person next to you to like steer the little vehicle, which is a regular occurrence for my husband and I, I don't like to ride with him if I don't have to. So like if we could get like individual ones, that's ideal. Um, so I would say if they could update buzz to be more like the Disneyland version, that would be really cool. Yep. I, I wonder if they get that a lot. They have to. Cause we say it all the time. Yeah, I mean, the Disneyland version is so much better. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. So we had fun on it. Because it was already bad enough whenever you ride Toy Story Mania and like comparing the two of those. (laughs) And then you ride the one at Disneyland. And then if they open that Spider-Man web blasting one soon, (laughs) like, I, I don't know if I can ever ride Buzz in Magic Kingdom again. It's true. It's bad. So the next one, which land or area in the parks brings you the most inspiration? I'll give my Animal Kingdom answer here. I'm going to go with Pandora, but at night. Um, We went to Disney After Hours um, back in August at Animal Kingdom. And I love Pandora already, like by far one of my favorite areas. Love Flight of Passage, but I love the Avatar movie. Um, Total dork and I... I watch it a lot, so it's a great movie, Um, but I love that area, but seeing it at night, like, all lit up, and it was just, it was pretty quiet because there weren't a lot of crowds there, so it was just very peaceful, and um, I also love to listen to, like, the soundtrack for the land. It's on um, Spotify, so that's, like, a regular thing I listen to, Um, so just, like, being there, and it was just very peaceful, and um, I could have sat there, like, all night, and we obviously went and did a ton of rides, but... um, I could have just sat and like hung out there and kind of like taken it all in. It was just very peaceful. Now I understand why you get along with Matt from Imagineer podcast. <laughs> he shares that music from Pandora like once uh-huh. a week on Instagram. I think. Like, Oh yeah. Matt, you've got to find something else to listen to. <laughs> it's so good though. I'm like, it's just, it's very calming. And I'm like, when I'm like working on other stuff, it's just like good background music. So it's great. <laughs> Give it a try. (laughs) So next one would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack. Um, I love the cake pops at the confectionery. That's what's kind of like popping to mind initially. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the cake pops and they always change like what the characters are, you know, what they're designed as, which is kind of fun. So they're really cute, but they taste delicious too. So cake pops. I don't think we've ever heard that one before. Yeah, I don't think we have, but that's a fun answer. So sticking with food, what is your favorite table service restaurant and your favorite quick service restaurant? Table service, I'm going to go with, um, well, it's a dinner show, but the hoop de doo Review is one of our family's favorite things to do. Um, And the food is so good. It's like ribs and fried chicken and cornbread and like all the good stuff. So um and the waiters are always awesome there. The the cast members that are at the show are just like phenomenal. So it's always a really good experience, but we love the food too. So Yeah, that's a good one. What about quick service? Oh yeah, quick service. Um 
I'm going to go with, I'm blanking on what the name of it is, um, Backlot Express. So that is in Hollywood Studios. Um, it's the one right next to Indiana Jones and by like the Jedi training area. Um, I don't know why that, like, we just love that one. Um, we don't love all the restaurants in Hollywood Studios, and I feel like that's just a good go-to for our family. There's always a ton of seating. Their chicken fingers are the best. That's what I get like every single time. <laughs> um, but it's just it's a nice like kind of low key area, and it's it can be a little quieter, which is nice to get away from like Hollywood Studios, which is always you know very busy. Um, so we like that spot. Hmm. We're gonna have to go there again. We haven't been there in so long. Because yeah. mainly because we never go over to Indiana Jones, I think <laughs> is the reason yeah. why. But I do think it's maybe a hidden spot because I I would not be sad if I never ate at ABC Commissary again. No, no. it's that's the one that's always so crowded. Yeah, and then you leave and you're like, that really wasn't that good. Like, what are we doing <laughs> here? Why did we stop? Like, I would have just <laughs> eaten like popcorn or something. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, it's... we don't go there anymore. <laughs> yeah, so Backlot's a good little hidden gem that you don't think about too often. Yeah, we'll have to try it. Give it another shot. <laughs> yeah. Next one would be your favorite Disney movie. Um, Moana, for sure. I love it. I love the music. I just love watching it. Um, I think it's just like a beautiful movie to watch. The colors are like so vibrant and um and I love that Lynn Manuel Miranda like wrote all the music for it. He wrote all the Hamilton music, obviously. So um, we're big Hamilton fans, and um, so I just I love that movie, and I could just watch it over and over. And the fact that Dwayne the Rock Johnson's in it is just like hilarious, <laughs> and he's the best in it. So um, we love watching it. Yeah, I have a feeling you're going to love Alani. Yeah, there's like little yep. hidden <laughs> Moana like references. Yeah, there. very subtle. Oh. oh. I'm jealous. I can't wait. <laughs> well, maybe we'll just tag along too. We'll just come. You, you, the more the merrier. My parents would not mind. <laughs> so the next one is your favorite Disney quote. Um, I'm going to go with a Cinderella quote, have courage and be kind. Um, it just hits home with me. I loved Cinderella growing up. Um, all my sisters and I were like different Disney princesses. I was Cinderella as the oldest, obviously. Um, and then my next sister was Sleeping Beauty and then Belle and Jasmine. So, um, I've always had a soft spot for Cinderella. Um, and that quote just, you know, as I've gotten older, I think means a lot more. Um, and I try to, you know, take that into running a business as well. Um, and I have the cutest shirt from Once Upon Apparel with that quote on it that I love. So, um, I loved wearing that in the parks. For sure. That's yeah. awesome. That's a good one. Our last question in the Fast Pass round would be your favorite Disney Parks memory. I'm going to go back to Hoop-dee-doo. Um, we've literally gone to that show since I was really little, um, before we were going to Disney every year. But we have pictures um, from when I was like probably seven or eight. Um, and then we started, you know, again, when I was a little older, we started going every year, they take your picture before you go into the show. So I wish we had like the full series, but we have like so many of the pictures of our family. So it's been really fun to like, see us all grow up through it. Um, you know, and then my husband got to come and then my sister's fiance got to come. So like our family has grown and grown up. And so I think just, you know, those memories and we just love that show so much. Um, We've all been picked to be like a part of the show at some point. 
Um, so it's just, it's, it's one of our, our favorite Disney things to do. So, um, I would say pretty much any time we've gone is my favorite memory. I like how a lot of your answers are like a little hidden and they're like not so, they're not like Backlot Express and Hoopty Doo are normally not the things that are on the top of a lot of people's minds. So mm-hmm. those are good ones. Yeah. Thank you. I've sent a lot of clients to Hoopty Doo and they love it. So <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's my little hidden secret at Disney. And you can't not have a good time when you go there. Yeah. No. <laughs> and anybody who has a cast member, friend, or family, they always get discounts to the early shows oh, to yeah, go there. Yeah, a good and it discount. Pretty affordable. So you <laughs> wow, can awesome. loop in a cast member somewhere. Make a new friend. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to work on that. <laughs> yeah. Just tell them that you'll host them as long as they get the cast member <laughs> yeah. discount for you. Perfect. So, Colleen, our very last question for you is if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into this community, start a business, become a content creator, Mm -hmm. maybe sell their own products, what would be your advice to that person? I think my biggest piece of advice or something that's, you know, kind of resonated with me recently is to keep an open mind. Um, because you never know where something will lead to. So you might have one idea for your business, um, but your business is going to change and evolve as time goes on. And even, you know, from when I started, you know, things and elements of my business have evolved over the last year. Um, so just really keeping an open mind and, you know, building relationships and partnerships, like you never know where those things will lead you. So just, you know, be open about it all and you never know what opportunity will kind of come your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really great advice. And it even goes with like what we talked about earlier with your business and like going with the flow and, Uh you know, being flexible (laughs) and just like, you know, taking all of that in stride. So I think that's really good, like applicable advice. For sure. Yeah. So awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Our last question for you, and I now realize I've said that three times in a row, (laughs) but our last question for you is if you can remind our listeners where they can connect with you online. Yes, definitely. So um, I have my website and blog, which is wdwparkplanners.com. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook as wdwparkplanners. So um, any of those platforms are great to reach me. You can email me, message me, you know, anything. I'm available. Well, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Colleen, for joining us today. I can say we've really enjoyed getting to know you and getting to know more about your business. Yeah. So we will put the links to all of your social media and to your website in our show notes for anybody that wants to connect over there. We highly suggest it. Sign up for that newsletter. It's been a really great thing to get in my inbox. Um, So yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. So thank you. Do you like Star Wars? How about Marvel? How about Disney? If you answered yes to any of these, we'd love to have you listen to our new podcast, Kingdom Outcast. We're just three guys chatting about news, topics, and events in the Disney universe. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.